0: Welcome, everyone, to the Holstein House Podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin, of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate, plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good morning, all y'all. How are you this morning? I am Robin Holstein, and this is the Holstein House broadcast. It's Friday, October the 20th, 2023, and this is episode 108 of The Hosting House broadcast answering questions on hosting a BnB from your home, your pantry, food preparation and storage questions, and more. And among things today, we're going to talk to you about, or we're going to discuss five five winter preps. May not be the top five winter preps, but it's just five to get the conversation started. And then are you ready for the return of limited quantities or even? Rationing, and we're we'll talk a little bit about rationing and the history history of rationing food in the United States. Just a little bit. <clears throat> we always always end up getting too much in trying to get too much in for a uh, for a one hour broadcast. <clears throat> First, we're going to talk about things around the house. It's it's not a real in depth conversation this morning. Around the house is where we talk about things going on with the B and B and our quick camp. Uh, reservations that are coming, uh, trials and tribulations, guests from heaven and guests from mm, hell. <laughs> uh, if it relates to the bed and breakfast, we discuss that here. We do take direct book. As a matter of fact, that is one of the things that I try to promote the most is all while I am listed with Airbnb, we do prefer direct books. And uh, when guests direct book who have viewed one of the broadcasts here, we offer them a 5% discount code. And that is, that promotional code is BROAD5, B-R-O-A-D 5, 5, the number five. And uh, it'll be 5% off your direct book stay at Holstein House. Just go to RobinHolstein.com. Look for Robin Holstein. Excuse me. Go to RobinHolstein.com. Look for Holstein House on the menu and select direct book. And check your date the dates for availability. And then when you go to book, you'll enter Broad Five in the promo spot, and you'll get five percent off. Also, if you are a member, uh, if you are a U.S. military veteran, I should say, not a member, but a veteran, uh, contact me directly. Uh, go to robinholstein.com and go to the contact page. Contact me directly because I do have a special uh, for military veterans, but that does require. Um, you know, proof that you're a veteran. And we'll work that out. We'll work that out. I don't want you entering anything online there, but we'll work that out. So if you're a U.S. military veteran and you want to stay at Holstein House, just contact me directly. Go to the contacts page on robinholstein.com. Our quick camp is closed for the winter. I've mentioned that before, but we do, we are going to open it up in the spring again. And that's just going to be for like one or two night stays for tent camping. Tent camp in our yard. And I'm, I might be convinced to provide you A complimentary breakfast if you're nice about it. And uh, of course, you'll have use of the house facilities uh, through the day. And we do have arrangements for nighttime facilities for those of us who tend to get up once or twice at night. But we'll have that open up again in the spring our Airbnb. We do have a guest coming tomorrow. Uh, She's coming down from Fayetteville. She's going to do a workshop on Sunday at the John Q. Dickinson Salt Works, and uh, she's going to discuss uh, salt rising bread. I think that's what she called it, salt rising bread. She does need a sous vide, so she asked me about the possibility of um, setting it up, you know she's going to have to have it set up, and it's going to have to stay undisturbed until right before she has to be uh, at uh, at the saltworks in uh, Malden. And I told her we could handle that. Uh, I'm going to set it up so that she can use the dining room table. I don't let guests in my kitchen. Um, they have access to the refrigerator, the water, and the ice on the refrigerator. If they need to refrigerate food or medications, we'll make arrangements. But that's not really part of the part of the uh, experience here. We don't have a refrigerator in the room. It's not designed for that. But, um, she asked about us using hooking up her sous She needs to let it uh, stay undisturbed. And I said, I think we can handle that. So it's always nice when people ask ahead and it showed that she had read also the uh, description because I do have a um, a uh, no refund cancellation fee. So um, better, better to be safe than sorry um just kind of miscellaneous we did take uh, Bob and Betty for their checkups uh on it was Wednesday yeah it was Wednesday Wednesday afternoon she's <laughs> the days just keep slamming together and uh Betty has cataracts she's old enough to have cataracts Betty is our boxer our rescue boxer uh, she also has some skin tags but boxers will do that they have them and white boxers seems to have a lot more of them um Bob does have an ear infection, like I thought, Uh, no surprise there, and he has allergies, Uh, again, no surprise there, because he will eat chicken things, poultry products, and he's allergic to poultry products, and the more he's in the yard behind the birds, the more allergies he struggles with, Uh, so we got him some medication for that. I tried to order their uh, flea medicines, which I do keep them on Sympathica Trio. This is not a uh, sponsorship of any kind. It is a preferred medication that I use because it helps keep the intestinal parasites away as lo- along with the uh, fleas and ticks. Um, it can be tough on dogs and dogs with seizures or a history of seizure disorders. You need to talk to your vet about it before you try it. Of course, you need a prescription anyway. But uh, we started using Trifexis with... Uh, um, Gracie and Jack, our previous uh, rescue boxers, and it did wonders. I we didn't we didn't have issues with fleas in the house at all prior to that. We'd always struggle with a period of time where we just were battling fleas all the time. Even with the drops and stuff that you can get for dogs and cats, we would go through periods of time where we were just battling those all over the place. No matter what I did, we struggled with it. But the trifexis worked real well. Uh, our veterinarian re- recommended that we use. Um, some pericotrio for uh, Betty and Bob because dogs tended to like it more, and I have noticed it's not as hard to give it to them as it was to Betty or to uh, Gracie and Jack, but uh, so that was, uh, that's good. I I know some people um, kind of, you know, hesitate um, about giving their pets medications like that. I I found nothing adverse, I've not seen anything abnormal um, from the dogs by taking those. Even Jack. Jack had a a history of seizures. I didn't see an increase in those seizures at all um, until he was up there in age. And we knew that that progression was going to happen anyway. So it does help protect them from uh, heartworms as well. And um, that's uh, one of the things that we have to be careful about, especially where you have mosquitoes. Mosquitoes carries uh, that heartworm, and uh, when they bite them, it can transfer it to them. So um, that's one of the things that I like to keep for my for my dogs and keep them on it. And I try not to miss doses, and so that we don't have to go back and go um, get tested for heartworms again, because that's one of the tests they do. The veterinarian will test for heartworms before um, prescribing Simparica or Trifexis. But it's, it's worth looking into if you have dogs, uh, check with your veterinarian. General household projects are still about the same as they've always been uh, for the longest time. And now we can add one to that, uh, not related directly to the household. But over at my dad's, there is an old, um, it's a 1960s, I think, late 60s, early 70s, single wide. Uh, I think it may have even been a small travel trailer at one point. Um, that had been converted to, uh, they had been put on a permanent, um, wasn't really a foundation, but had been set up permanently and with concrete blocks around it and stuff. So you didn't move it. Um, and he had rented that out at different times uh, through over the years. And and his aunt, his mom's sister, had rented it out as a supplementation to her income over the years before that, so it's been been a long time, but it's coming down. He reached out to a demolition uh, uh, guy to to, um, take it down. He's going to meet with him next week, or he's going to talk to him about it next week. We'll see how that goes, and we'll get an idea of the cost. It's got to come down. There's um, four altogether, that one and three fairly large uh, mobile homes that have to come down, and we're going to work on getting those done over the next I really wanted them done this year, but life, life gets in the way. So we'll be trying to take care of that. Once we get those cleared out, we can opt to either put in, um, uh, updated mobile homes on those lots. Cause dad does have a mobile home uh, permit and, uh, get those rented, get dad some uh, additional income coming in or, um, or try something else. Uh, there's a couple of things in the back of my brain that uh, I'd like to, I'd like to try with those, but, um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. So that's uh, another, yet another structure to get cleared out and tore down. I've got a piece of fuzz. Sorry. So for now, I'm going to try to keep up with the twice weekly um, lives and uh, we'll see how they go. It's just so much happening all the way around. Um, I, I bounce this around and I, I, Honestly, don't give it a lot of thought until right about time for the next live. So right before a Tuesday live or right before like today, can I keep this up? Can I keep juggling it? Because I am starting to drop things. Um, People talk about juggling balls. I'm juggling pins, bowling pins, big clunky things and things that that don't move easily and flop around. And I have dropped a few of those and uh, it's starting to catch up with me. So we uh, we want to get that taken care of. I want to kind of get back on track, but it's gonna it's gonna be a little while. It's gonna be a little while. Fun. What's going on for fun? Well, what are you reading? I'm still listening to the audiobook, The Gift of Fear. And it is it is really intense for me to read that or to listen to that on top of the current national and international news cycles and just things going on uh, around the area and around the world, it's just so tough to listen to. Um, It's intended to help you begin to pay closer attention to your inner voice and your surroundings and um, to recognize and embrace warnings that say don't do this don't talk to this person keep walking move don't move you know stay stay put get run you know um and it's very very intense and i am having a hard time listening to it um it's it's just a lot it's a it's it's good don't don't get me wrong but you you gotta it's a it's a tough one it's a tough one to listen to and um i just it's really it really is it really is difficult um some of the descriptions of some of the incidents that have happened that the that the author is or the narrator is reciting from the book just my mind it it visualizes those things and i don't know why i picked that as a a fun book to read (laughs) it's not that fun but it is uh, it's going to it's going to benefit me in the long run i think and, um, I, I just think it's something that I need to, because I'm trying to inc- increase my understanding of, uh w- of what being situationally aware really is. It's not just knowing that there's a bunch of kids running around, <clears throat> which, hang on a second. Sorry, I had to cough. Um which by the way, I had to take dad to, um, his, uh, appointment on Wednesday for his, uh, consultation with the spine doctor. And, um, one of the things here, I've got dad in this wheelchair <laughs> in a, in a waiting area, which isn't really designed very nicely. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. And they're, shri- because they deal with, um, I think substance abuse cases, people that may be weaning themselves. I'm not a hundred percent sure, or because they deal with scheduled medications. I don't know why, but they make a big deal out of, here's your number. We won't call your name. We're calling your number. And so they have this, they have two uh, sides to the waiting area and just a small little connection to them. And so you walk through the door and you've got your want fries with that booth here. And one is for checking in and one is for new appointments. And then on each side's a couple of registration desks. And then at each end, you've got waiting areas with these crazy chairs. And it's not a very good setup anyway. And it's full of senior citizens on canes and in wheelchairs and walkers and people just can't get around. And we're waiting our turn, and um, going through this form with Dad, you know, to rate his pain, and they're screeching over the overheads, and uh, number 12 to, to number 3, number 12 to 3. I mean, it reminded me of being in an old Kmart, you know. It was just, <laughs> but there was a young couple. They were probably in their late 20s. I don't, I don't know for sure, but they had a toddler. This little guy was probably 18 months to 24 months. They thought it was the cutest thing in the world for that kid to run all over that place. He he was running full steam ahead, back and forth and up and down, and he ran at one lady who was sitting there, and she says, Oh, my, he's such a friendly guy. And I thought she wants to choke the kid. That's what she wants to do. And... Uh, The the couple are giggling and laughing. Oh, he's just a friendly baby. He's just friends. He doesn't meet a stranger. And I'm thinking, this kid's going to get somebody hurt. And the staff's either ignoring it or unaware of it. Nobody is telling these people, hey, you know, this kid could plow into one of these people on a cane and knock them down. Because old people aren't that stable anyway. and you add a cane or a walker and they're wobbly, oh my gosh. And I just in my mind's eye, I saw this kid run just full steam ahead across the um, eye, across the the um, aisle as I'm in my mind's eye as I'm pushing dad to, to the registration desk in his wheelchair. And and then there's one blind spot. I kept thinking, I know what's going to happen. I'm going through there with dad and that kid's just going to plow right into both of us. He's going to, kid's going to get hurt. It's going to upset dad. It's going to piss me off. (laughs) I just, it didn't happen. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Philippine nomad. It's good to see you there. Um, I, and I just I saw this in my mind's eye, and I thought, please don't let this happen. Please get me out of here. It was a stressful afternoon all the way around. I've got I'm going to have to talk to his doctor. Is moving offices, so they weren't in last week. His regular physician it was supposed to be in next week, but um, it was supposed to open back up at the new place next week. But I, I've got to get him. He's we're going to have to order him a new uh, a, a newer wh- wheelchair, uh, one of the ones that are lighter um what are they made out of graphene graphite graph something because uh, this is an old one this is probably a late 80s mid 80s wheelchair just a transport chair it's not designed for much of anything and it is a monster and it's killing me heaving it in and out of the back of the fiat um I've told Mr. Holstein. I said I'm gonna have to get a new vehicle so I can get wheelchairs in and out. But even if it's lighter, it's it's still gonna take up a massive amount of room in my little car. That little car is not designed for that, and um, I need to. I'm, I'm I, I don't want to buy another vehicle. I don't want Dad can't get in and in and out of my truck anymore. Hardly, even though it's not a full size pickup. My, my Colorado. He uh, he he doesn't want to try to get in it. He needs a, a decent mid sized car. Whew. Wow, I don't know. But uh it was it was a just a, a nightmare of an appointment. <clears throat> They're gonna he's gotta have another MRI. <laughs> Cause the eight millions he's already had is not enough. They didn't go to fit down far enough and look at exactly what this doctor wants to look at, so Anyway, it's it's at it's where his spine meets his hip, the the joint where the spine meets the hip, and um, I don't know what he wants to see, but he wants to see something that's not that he doesn't have access to, I guess. So. The garden, there's nothing to report on the garden. The chickens and ducks are still chickening and ducking. Um, the Isabelle just looks terrible. Her neck's almost completely raw where she's molting. Uh, And after I told you Tuesday that I didn't have any green eggs yesterday, I had one green egg. (laughs) It's crazy. I think they're, they're laughing at me. Um, Bible study. Our Bible study went, uh, went well. Uh, We finished chapter 15, revelations chapter 15, where the uh, seven angels are emptying the seven bowls of God's wrath. And, um, I, with all the trouble in the Middle East right now, I keep hearing and seeing people say, Oh, the end is near, the end is near. And it is, it's nearer than it's ever been. But with the signs of Christ's returns, the signs are all there. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Now, get yourself in line because it's getting ready to get bad. I mean, I will tell you that. But read the book of Revelation, read the book of Revelation. Pay attention. Get you a good little study Bible. Read the book of Revelation. And you'll see what all we have to go through before the return of Christ. For those of us who believe that Christ is the Messiah. Um, and you're going to see, yeah, there there are wars and rumors of wars. Yes, but that's not all that's going to happen, folks. That's not all that's going to happen. There's going to be... um uh seven horses there's going to be seven angels there's going to be trump seven trumpets there's going to be uh four creatures there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to happen and whether they all happen at one time or whether they happen over a period of time in seven years uh seven years in Daniel's time or seven years in God's time or seven years in our time I don't know whose time it's going to be measured in but things are gearing up and you need to get ready because you don't know that you're going to be outside tomorrow and bam, get hit by a bus or, um, you know, in a car wreck where you die. So to say, Oh, I've got plenty of time. You don't, you don't because you don't know when your time's up and uh, you got to be ready. But uh we, yeah, we have a, we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff to go through. It's not going to be good at all. I mean, it's going to be awful. But we have a lot of stuff to go through before Christ's return. So, yeah, he's coming. And he's coming sooner than he was, you know, 2,000 years ago. But uh, it's, it's not, probably not today because read the book of Revelation. Our Lunch and Learn. This week, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed we had a um, lady that said she would do she calls them cookies and create because there's a group uh, that uses (laughs) invites women to have wine and paint and they call it uncork so take the cork out of the bottle uncork and create and um, this is called cookies and create because we don't do the wine but uh, she presented herself as so she's she could come in and do some um a pumpkin pumpkin painting so she got some of the pie pumpkins the little ones and uh, brought s- the pie pumpkins some paint brushes acrylics and acrylic paints and a couple of plastic plates for everybody to use to you know put some paint down on and uh, that was it she didn't have a sample she didn't have templates she didn't have um shoot, for that matter, she didn't have coloring book pages to look at to try to copy. She just said, Here's some paints, go right at it. And I'm like, this was really disappointing. Mike says, Oh, hi, Letty. Letty says, Morning. Popping in for a quick minute while I'm doing some dishes. I have those times too, Letty. Revelation. I have two chapters left to read today as I finish the New Testament in a year. Very good Letty, so you know exactly what i'm saying i've got more than two chapters obviously we're at 15 but um it's it's very it's for those of us who believe i mean and you can and i've said this before you can read the bible and not be a believer you can just read it it's it's got everything in it it's got romance it's got wars it's got adultery it's got murder it's got cheating it's got slavery it's got freedom it's got salvation it's got science fiction it's got all kinds of stuff in it you don't have to but you don't get as much out if you're not a believer because it's not written for the non-believer if you're not a believer it's hard to follow a lot of the stuff because you're not a believer (laughs) but um Oh, not a year, ninety days. Oh well, that's okay too. You can speed read through it. Speed read through it. I read the Old Testament in the new year, or I may do the whole Bible over the year. Oh, I'll. I I don't have my glasses on, Letty. I didn't see the apostrophe L there. I'll read the Old Testament in the new year, or I may do the whole Bible over the year. We tried that. Several years ago at our church, the pastor at the time um, passed out, I think he would pass it out on Sundays for the, um, the first Sunday of the month, he would pass out a chart of what to read for the month to do a Bible in the year. And I always, I have grand aspirations of stuff like that, but I just, I can't, there's always something that happens and then if I don't get it done in the allotted time I feel like I've, I feel like a failure it's like now I've got so much going on why did I start the book on the gift of fear I don't know I guess I thought an audiobook I'd breathe through it quickly but it's really burning my brains Letty says I'm doing the catechism in a year with father Mike Schmidt we listen every morning while I'm making breakfast. Today was 293. Oh, see, I don't know a lot about um, the practices of Catholics. I mean, I know some of the big ones that you know, kind of everybody knows because you see it all over the place. But I don't, I don't know a lot about um, Catholicism, Catholicism, and the uh, the basic pra- the practices of it. I need Maybe that'll be the next book I listen to. How to understand Catholicism, Catholicism. How to pronounce Catholicism. Get my tongue around my teeth. I can't see what I'm saying. But yeah, so um, I was, yeah, I was disappointed in the, uh, in the uh, Lunch and Learn this past week. Now, next Wednesday or it's not a lunch and learn. It's going to be an evening program with the West Virginia State Extension Office, uh, West Virginia State University Extension Office, and they've already got pe- 10 people registered, so um, I'm looking forward to that. That's actually going to be a carving, pumpkin carving, and I, I figure some of the folks are going to be, have kids with them, and it's fine. It's, the it's, it's children optional. It's fine. So, um, just in general, um, there's a lot of stuff you're going to see and you've already seen uh, on this. Is, this is a topic shift here. There's a lot of stuff that's being promoted out there on the interwebs, on the Twitter, the X Twitter, on the um, probably Noster. I haven't looked a lot at Noster this week. That um, is wrong. Is intentionally wrong, meaning it's a lie, is mistakenly wrong, which means it's just a mistake, and then there's some truth in there. And I want you to use your nut, use your brain, don't believe everything you see online, use a multi factor verification process, your own process, not like something somebody created, use your own process. And just for the example, let's say you see something posted on X, formerly Twitter. How long do we have to go along saying X is formerly Twitter? Can we please stop that? Can we just go back to calling it Twitter? It just did so dumb. Anyway, if you see something on X or on Noster, try to find the same story with the same details and facts in two, at least two other pieces of media that aren't related so like don't take fox news's uh twitter post and compare it to fox news youtube page and compare compare it to fox news on on the uh, television live stream use use different ones and then use a little bit of logic and reasoning which is something they don't teach very much but you can develop on your own (laughs) because we're we're in a period of war and propaganda propaganda people don't like that word propaganda but it is the word it is the thing and our government will tell us fibs so that the enemy will swallow it hook line and sinker and then our government will do something else it happens in war that's what they do um Back during the, do you remember Baghdad Bob? Baghdad Bob, for those of us of a certain age, was a character that would uh, broadcast on television that the the United States forces are absolutely not in the city, but you could hear the bombs going off. They're not on the street, but you could hear the tanks. They're not here, and then he's dead. So Baghdad Bob was a propagandist back in the Vietnam War. It was, um, what was it? Was it Rosie? um, Not Rosie the Riveter. What was the name of that character? Hanoi Rose? No. No. I'd have to look it up, but during the Vietnam War, uh, when, um, the soldiers could pick up radio, analog radio, AM type radio, um, there were broadcasts coming out of communist Vietnam and maybe, may have happened even during Korea, during the Korean conflict, uh, Bad mouthing the troops, bad mouthing the United States, saying things like "you know, your government left you here; they're not coming back for you." It was the, the intent; the intention was to demoralize the troops. So that's a type. That's a propaganda. We're going to see this propaganda. We've been seeing this propaganda for those of us who know what to look for. But it's it, it's not a bad word, but it is it, it's a word that people don't like to use in today's world. They like to think we're beyond them, above this, but we're not. We're not. Um, it is part of what happens during conflict. So you need to verify. It just because it's on, remember, just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true. And with AI, this AI technology, it's even worse. Um, the news reporter, Porter uh, uh, Jack Posobiec, I think it's how you pronounce his name, used AI. And Biden's speech last night to create a clip that says that they're going to reinstitute the draft. And people have swallowed that hook, line, and sinker. And I'm seeing even on Telegram, people are saying, hey, I, I heard that they're going to reinstitute the draft. Is that true? Is that true? Um, and it it's just it's funny because people are believing it and the AI is out there. People don't even question it. People, I mean, maybe you should have been watching the speech last night. I didn't watch it either, but I'm just saying, you know. So, yeah, he's got it. It's, he's the uh, Jack Posobiec. It's, it's a three minute little um, ditty uh, ma- generated with AI and a, clip, a couple of clips from uh, the speech last night. And the caption that he has on there uh, on the post uh, that says the recommended now, this is this is the fake President Biden. This is not the real President Biden. It's the fake President Biden says the recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act. For those of you who don't know, that's the draft, as is my authority as president. The first to be called will be men and women whose 20th birthday fall during the calendar year 2023. It's a total spoof um, and people have bought it hook, line and sinker, uh, you know, taking it as uh, gospel (laughs) to uh, to paraphrase uh, what's going on, (laughs) what we were talking about earlier uh, and and are passing it around like it is, which is in and of itself, an example of how you can use AI to, to convince people what they're seeing with their own eyes isn't true. So use, use your brain, find it from more than one source, and 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 try to know your sources. Try to know which sources are legitimate, because there are some out there that will make you think, you know, sham wow, and uh, you'll buy it, and then you'll regret it. So, um, I don't want it to be, a, and I told you so, um, here in a few months, you know, I want you, I want you to be ready. I want you to learn, study stuff now. And one of the benefits, a, as terrible as it sounds, one of the benefits to the trouble that's going on in the Middle East right now around Israel is that now, now we're starting to see the people for what they really are. We're seeing the colleges and universities. I'm a supporter of Israel. I mean, yeah, they do stuff wrong, but so do we. But I, I support Israel. I, and if you don't, I just, you know, whatever. But um, we're starting to see anti-Semitism everywhere. Everywhere. We've been to, a lot of us have been telling you this for a long time, that the colleges and universities have been infiltrated by this stuff. The hundreds of thousands of people that have rolled through our southern border in the past year are some of these people. I'm not so sure that a lot of these protesters on these campuses are not even students, but are plants. And I I am totally, I mean, you want to stand up and protest for it, go right ahead. But know this. I don't agree with you, and, and I think that people who support the slaughter of, of, of anyone, the slaughter of any group of people, but in this instance, the slaughter of the Jewish people who stand up and say that there's nothing wrong with that, which is what you're doing, when you say, you know, from the mountains to the sea, Palestinians will be free. That's what you're saying is you're trying to annihilate a group of people and that's wrong. I don't support it. And, uh, I think you are, you, I, I, I I am not so sure that you are not, um, rooting for the downfall of this nation as well. I'll leave it at that because I could go on for days. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) Letty Letty says Dang it Robin stop telling me to use my brain Hey Our God gave you that brain Use it (laughs) Yeah I heard the phrase use your nut I'd never heard it before I like some some of the older British comedies And and one of them uh, The Duchess of Duke Street She she, she tells that uh, To her 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 favorite uh, her her gentleman friend that she was her fr- uh, boyfriend and uh, she says use your nut use your nut and i thought what use your nut i've never heard it called nut but <laughs> not the brain anyway <laughs> but yeah i um I'll I'll stop there with the with the with those topics because I I could spend hours. I could spend hours talking about this politics and stuff, and I I don't want to do that today. So I just want to we're gonna switch now over to five winter preps. Now, these aren't the top five all-time winter preps. These are not even my top five winter preps, preps, but these are five things that I thought, you know, let's start small and let's talk about. Uh, five things that we can start now. We've got what is this? The middle of October, so um, uh, ooh, it's, it's the the it's yeah, it's almost it's past the middle of October by a couple of days. So if you think winter, it on the calendar, it's going to be the twenty first of December. We get that. The weather, however, is very different. It can be, it could be in October. We've had decent snow here in West Virginia in October before. And in the mountains and the ski areas, we've already had snow this year. Uh, Some parts of the U.S. and of Canada have a lot of snow already. But just in general, for me, we tend to think of um, snow as starting in late December, we will always wish for a white christmas we don't generally get a white christmas we usually get cold weather and then the really winter weather kicks in in about january about the middle of january so if we start now and start thinking about you know a few things here or there things that are easy to pick up if you don't already have things that are easy to start looking for some of these things you may should have been looking for before now but um so for an all for the first one and this is not like an order of of and now the case of case of number 1 song of the week um it's just an order that I wrote them down alternative heat sources for me I have a a gas heat but it has an electric blower a central heat system so in theory I have gas heat in fact, if the electric's out, it's not going to work because the central heat's not going to blow. The fan's not going to blow. Now, we got to talking, I got to talking one time with um, Tim Cook about this, Toolman Tim, and ask him, I think it's when I interviewed him last year, about this time last year. Um, if you, could, I had seen on a YouTube video that you could use a car battery to start and run your heat. And he said, yeah, you could do that. And I, I don't remember all the details about how to do it now. I need to look that back up. Um, and it get you know, just to bl- for the fan to kick on and off. So it will blow through the house. Um, so I need an alternative heat source. If the electric goes out, my dad is on all electric. He likes to have an alternative heat source to supplement, to keep, help keep his electric bill down. And I like using kerosene. I have a couple of kerosene heaters. They're easy to place. The radiant heat is warm and moist. It's not dry heat like electric. And I can I can actually set a small little pot of water or something on top of my. It's not recommended, but on top of my kerosene heaters, um, to you know to warm it up. Maybe to have some instant coffee or something like that if the electric goes out. Another option that we have here is propane we have we don't have you know gigantic you know huge propane you know what are they 500 gallon propane tanks or whatever people paint to look like cows sometimes out in the out in the boonies um but we do have some little buddy heaters we have the our our, our, our camper has propane heat um and we can we can use those as an alternative but it's something to think about if you were let's say if your electric went out and like us you had central heat and air your your heater's not going to work even if it is gas so be thinking if, if you haven't all already. Right, this is one of those you probably should have thought about before now not that you can't but now the prices are going to be higher um, propane especially um, price of it will go up around you know, grilling season, and in like now, winter, and um, it does fluctuate some. We, we top ours off usually about middle of June. We top all of our uh, propane tanks off because he's, he's finished traveling using the camper until the fall, Um, and so other than using our grill, which we're not going to have one more than, you know, 20 minutes at a time here or there, we're probably not going to use a lot of propane. So we will top off what we've used in the fall. I mean, in June to prepare, you know, to have it ready. Propane doesn't expire. You know, it, it doesn't go, it doesn't get bad like gasoline. So if you have gasoline for a gas generator, electric generator, you have to be careful because sometimes it'll go bad. You have to put stabil in it or something like that. Um. And kerosene doesn't really go bad, I don't think. I'm not aware that it does. So somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm thinking kerosene, as long as it doesn't get any water in, it doesn't go bad. It might smell worse. <laughs> the older kids, I don't know. The next one is uh, just some heat and eat foods. You know, whether it's store-bought cans of soup, cans of beef stew, cans of beans, cans of whatever. But heat and eat foods that uh, don't take a lot that you can, you know, put in a small, uh, or you can heat the can, I guess. Um, uh, For me, like on the kerosene heater, using that, a little of the extra heat that's coming out uh, on a plate of some sort to heat that can up, or if you have a way to boil some water or to heat some water that you can mix with it. Um, Something that doesn't need cooked, but warmed up. So you could in theory, well, we've all seen the, the either the uh, cartoons or you've seen a, a movie where a hobo is heating up a can of pork and beans over in the can over a fire and he's eating it from can something like that. Where you, it's nice to have it heated first, but you don't have to. It's not it's not raw. It won't hurt you. The next thing is some natural fiber blankets, cotton or wool. And I say natural fiber because I have found that uh, polyesters and rayons and all of these art, uh, synthetic fibers, you may feel warm, but you'll sweat. And then if you are in a situation where it's cold and you're sweating and you take that down, now you're chilling and it's it's just, it's not a good situation to be in. Um, kind of like with socks in the winter or even in wet weather having wool socks is as terrible as it may sound is the best type of sock to have because the wool will keep your feet warm and they it dries quickly if it gets wet so if you if your feet are sweating it will dry quickly and but your feet will stay warmer um so wool blankets is probably something that uh, you might've wanted to look for a, in the clearance or towards the end of the season last year, you can still find them, but you could probably pay a little more. Sometimes you can find them at, um, I don't know if surplus shops are a thing anymore. All the ones around me have closed. Uh, you can find them online. You can buy them new at, you know, where camping supplies and Amazon and stuff like that. Uh, if you can find an old army surplus store, honest to Pete, those are some of the greatest wool blankets you'll ever find. Uh, I have a few of those from from my first husband. When when we divorced, he didn't take them with him, <laughs> so I kept them. <laughs> I didn't hide them; he had them packed away. When I moved out of that house to a different house, I came across them. It's like sweet. <laughs> So I have a few of those, but again, natural fiber, they breathe more, the, the air, the, the, uh, transfer of moisture is better. And it's, it's just better all the way around. Water, of course, to drink, you know, you, uh, if you don't want to keep, um, plastic, uh, jugs of water around, um, because they may, the plastic may degrade. You can always put water in mason jars and, you know, if you've got an odd, uh, odd uh, number of of uh, jars of food to to process put those in there and you know it's good it's it's sterile water but it's still water it's still water and you can still drink it and some books some books to read real books real books the kind you have to you know touch there's a few of these out there you know that you can So if the electric's off, you don't have to worry about charging up a real book. And those are just five things uh, that I thought about. And I, I, you know, um, we'll get into some more serious, uh, hard, um, hard hardwired preps down the road maybe and uh, things that you really need to be storing. But, I think to get started now those are those are a few to get started with that most everybody can can uh, check around their home and see if they've got and if they don't they can they can make a plan on how to uh, how to beef up their uh, stockpile of those things. So in your in your preps, <laughs> in your in your emergency section of your preps, those are some things to make sure that you have. But let's, for the last few minutes here, we'll, we've got about 10 minutes or so. I want to kind of try to stay right at an hour today. Uh, I want to talk to you about, um, well, I said things getting in short supply or quantities are limited, but I also, I'm really talking about rationing. Rationing, can be something that you do within your own home to make things last longer, you know, so you, you don't eat um, all the donuts at one time, (laughs) you ration them out, or um, you know that you're not going to be able to get out to go to the store and you only have X amount of food uh, to last you for the next week, and so you figure out, you know, how do you make it last, that's, that's what rationing is on a personal level. Um, rationing at the government level is um, when the government um, is controlling the distribution uh, of scarce resources and goods or services or an artificial restriction uh, of the demand. And um, it wasn't really rationing that we saw during the Rona outbreak. Uh, There was a disruptive Disruption of the supply chain, which kind of caused some rationing. You saw some stores limit how much, uh, for example, toilet paper people could buy. You could get one pack if it was a gigantic sixteen things, or or two packs of twelve, or something like that per shopping trip. Uh, so we did see some of that to adjust because of uh, the supply chain being disrupted. Um, rationing controls the size of the ration or or portion. Um, it's portion control. If it's on your plate, it's it's a ration. If it's uh, a package of stuff, um, which is one person's uh, rationing is is a, is one person's allotted portion of whatever's being distributed. So if you're if you're if one person, if if the government is doing this the, and they say you can have one loaf of bread a week per person in your home, your ration, your allotted portion, is one loaf per week. And you can pick that up on Mondays if your license plate's an even number. We saw that during the 70s during the fuel fuel crisis. Um, and uh, rationing in the United States was introduced in stages uh, during the Second World War. And I'm talking particularly about the World War for a reason and i'm talking about the world war because of um come on you um i want to open this in a new tab there we go what we're seeing in the middle east and in ukraine has the potential doesn't mean it will but it has the potential to create a world war, um, I hate to say world war three, honestly, but it's a world war type of setup or scenario. And, um, I'm trying to make this open in a new, I hate technology sometimes, we may very well see. We've 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 got um, our military heading in that direction to Israel. They're supposed to be humanitarian. They're supposed to be peacekeeping. They're not supposed to be getting involved. They're supposed to be uh, advising. They're not supposed to be on the ground. But I don't I don't believe in my heart that we're not going to be on the ground over there. Yeah, Letty says rationing and uh, portion control nowadays is going to be an ugly wake-up call for a lot of folks. You're right. You're right. Some of us have been kind of, although we haven't been subjected to it, really. I mean, I was was aware of the gas rationing of the 70s, but I was like in junior high school. I didn't care. Um, I, you know, there was no, I wasn't alive during the Second World War, so it wasn't a thing for me. My dad was in diapers during most of it, so he didn't, it wasn't a thing for him. But we still have my grandma, he has my grandmother's ration book. She didn't use all of them, of the stamps. And I was going to show that a little bit, but I'm going to end up running over. Um, <clears throat> during the Second World War, there was an office called the Office of Price Administration. And it fell under the um, uh, Office of Emergency Management uh, under the United States. And it, it was created to facilitate, uh, rationing in the United States. They created the rationing books. They set the prices. They set the the maximum price, the ceiling price ceilings on foods. Um, they, uh, they created organizations, usually of women, now, partially because men were fighting, but mostly because women were doing most of the grocery shopping uh, organizations to, to double check to make sure that merchants weren't uh, scamming people or, or hoarding themselves or price gouging. And, and um, it was uh, the um, Price Administration's Office or the OPA uh, was, uh, was originally created to uh, control money. In and put in price controls and rent control after the outbreak of World War II. Um, they believed that with factories converting to uh, military production um, and consuming a lot of the uh, supplies, that rationing would become necessary if the country entered the war. And then, of course, on December 7th, 1941, when Pearl Harbor was bombed, we, we in fact did that. And then that led to um, a gold hoarding problem because, uh, well, no, that was in 34. Um, that was where I was th- going to be talking about hoarding. I got that in the wrong wrong order. <laughs> wrong order. The Office of Price Administration was established within the Office of Emergency Management uh, by Executive Order 8875 on August 28, 1941. Uh, so that was, that was before the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And that was in lead up thinking we may have to end up getting into this war. And then, boom, sure enough, we did. So what I wanted, there is a, a link. This is from uh, History, the History uh, Channel, but um and then there's one here I wanted to look at. And then I wanted to show you those coupon books. Uh, it says, following nearly three years of intense combat, with the o- onset of World War One, American allies in Europe were facing starvation. Farms had either been transformed into battlefields or had been left to languish as agricultural workers were forced into warfare. And disruptions in transportation made the distribution Distribution of imported foods extremely challenging. Now, where have we heard this before? We heard this during the during the Rona. We heard this at the beginning of uh, Ukraine uh, because a lot of wheat and a lot of grains come from Ukraine and that part of the world. Um, Now, this is World War I. It said shortly after the United States entered the war uh, in 1917, the U.S. Food Administration was established to manage the wartime supply of food uh, and the conservation, distribution, and transportation of food. Appointed head of the administration by Woodrow Wilson, future President Herbert Hoover, developed a voluntary program that relied on America's compassion and sense of patriotism to support the larger war effort in order to provide u.s troops and allies with the sustenance required to maintain their strength and vitality posters urging citizens to reduce their personal consumption of meat wheat Fats and sugars were plastered throughout communities. Slogans such as food will win the war compelled people to avoid wasting precious groceries and encouraged them to eat a multitude of fresh fruits and vegetables which were too difficult to transport overseas. Likewise, promotions such as Meatless Tuesday and Wheatless Wednesdays" implored Americans to voluntarily modify their eating habits in order to increase shipments to the valiant soldiers defending our freedoms. Now, I don't have any problem with soldiers defending our freedom. I was married to one for 13 years. Sorry. I need to. <laughs> Hope you didn't have to listen to that, but that's going to pop back up. What I, Something I want to show you, though, if I can show you real quick. I was trying to share this. Where is it? Not having much luck today with this. I wanted to share with you who are able to see this, a couple of these uh, propaganda posters. Now, let's see if it'll find it this time. There we go. You should be able to see do, 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 do. come on, this one. This is, oh, let me try to, let me try to do this. I want you to be able to see this. This is the um, how, to sh- how to Shop with War Ration Book 2. Now, this obviously means there was a War Ration Book 1. Um, I don't know if I can make, make this the full screen or not. Oh, it won't let me from here. So it says to buy canned, bottled, and frozen fruits and vegetables, dried fruits, juices, and all canned soups. You're using, It says use this ration book. Use this ration book. You may use one or all of your family's ration books when you shop. You may not shop with loose ration stamps. So today they use those uh, EBT cards. They wouldn't know what to do with a stamp book. Now I grew up with S N H green stamps, and you'd get S N H green stamps after you shopped at certain places. You saved all the stamps up, and and if you got so many books of them, you could get neat stuff. Well, it was just, you know, propaganda was to get you to shop at their store, and after you know so many visits, you had been there often enough and paid over too much for something enough that you got some free stuff, or at least you thought it was free. It really wasn't. Uh, This one says A, B, and C stamps are good in the first ration period. So you had to pay attention to when the ration periods were to know which stamps you could use. And if you missed it, you were SOL. Use the blue stamps only. All blue point stamps marked A, B, and C are good during the first ration period. They, They add up to 48 points for each member of the family. The numbers show points, you will not be able to get change back in point stamps. So if you, if you had something that needed um, uh, um, 30 uh, points and you gave uh, three, or it, it needed 20 points and you gave three eight point stamps, you didn't get any change back. Uh, at least that's not in stamps they did eventually make these little coin token looking thingies that you could get back and trade them later. You will not, you will not be able to get change in point stamps. So save your low value stamps for buying low point foods. Oops. Uh, uh, You see lady here trying to decide, you know, there's soups, there's cans of stuff for 18 points and there's stuff for, eight points or 13 cents a can so some cans were cost the same in cash but were different point values out of your book it says look for ounce weights on the label i don't know why because you know look at the point value before you buy points have nothing to do with the price or quality point values will be the same in all stores So, you know, these are these are a lot of these things are socialistic behaviors uh, forced on these United States by our supposedly representative republic government. Uh, Give the stamp to your grocers, tear out stamps in the presence of your grocer or tear them out in presence of the delivery boy. Fresh fruit and vegetables are not rationed. Use them instead of rationed foods whenever possible. Try out recipes that make your rationed food go further. Now, I know a lot of young people today would not be able to do that because it doesn't involve going to McDonald's. Your point allowance must last for the full ration period. How many points you will, will you, how many points you will use each time before you shop plan. Plan how many points you will use each day. So imagine that. Make a menu. Create a list of ingredients that you need for the menu for the week or the month, because I think these ration books were good for a month at a time. Plan how many points you will use each time before you shop by early in the week, by early in the day. And down here at the bottom, it says Foods are going to our fighting men. They come first. Your rations give you your fair share of the foods that are left. And again, I don't have a problem with our military. And I do think it's important that we keep our military healthy. Um, I just don't like the, the feeling of this is, you know, communo-socialism. I mean, it just, this is forcing people. Something else that they did is they rationed, um, rubber. They stopped allowing the sales of automobiles. You could only buy so many rubber tires because they needed rubber for the war effort. I mean, these are things that we could very well see again as our war machine, you know, builds, uh, gets ginned up and, and and motivated and, oh, here we go, and oh my dear... Our, our military is so depleted because we're not meeting our recruiting numbers and, and, and so many people, kids are overweight that they can't come in because they're, they're too fat for basic training. This is a, a war ration book, a sample of one. And you see uh, uh, letters of the alphabet here, Z Y X W V U T S R intended to be torn from right to left out of this book. And you see that we have uh, the bottom row are worth 1 point, 2 point, 5 points, and 8 points. And my grandmother's book looks a lot like this. This is not hers, by the way, but it does look a lot like it's the same color. I don't know if it's the same issue number, though. Then we have, let's see. Oh, this is one of my. Rationing means a fair share for all of us. Without rationing, oops, I'm scrolling a picture here without rationing the poor grocer has only one little I guess it's a pork chop I don't know what that is there and that woman's probably saying oh I have no food because this greedy old lady here bought all the food she's got a smug look on her face but rationing means a fair share for all of us so this little young lady is is happy because she got some food And the greedy old lady is happy that she got some food. And the grocer is really happy because he got all his government stamps. (laughs) And maybe my favorite of all is save a loaf a week to help win the war. (laughs) Save a loaf of bread a week to help win the war. Yeah, new lady says, ooh, a new idea called budgeting. Yeah, budgeting. They don't teach, see, they don't teach homemaking in schools anymore in public schools. These kids don't even know how to balance a bank account. Mike's still hanging in there. Glad to see you, Mike. Do you hey Mike? Um, I'm gonna be wrapping up here in just a couple minutes, but how did you how did um how did the, now I know the Philippines hosted a lot of, uh, American soldiers, uh, during the second world war. Um, I think my uncle, there were at one time, I don't know if they still exist or not. Um, I think my uncle had photos of, um, he was stationed, I want to say in the Philippines during the second world war. He, um, Was he in the Marines? I think he was in the Marines. I'm pretty sure he was in the Marines. But do you guys, Mike, do you guys often have people talk about uh, how the American soldiers or how your food supply and stuff was uh, during the Second World War when the American soldiers were there? Was it, um, were you just really, um, not modern enough for it to affect much, or did it did the uh ugly american tourist in the in the version of the american marine come in there and just you know get drunk and tear everything up i know that um There are stories about, you know, U.S. military men uh, really being uh, just kind of rude and violent and, um, you know, like they really didn't care. Yeah, the old time, Mike says, the old timers here talk about the Baton death march. No food or water for a week. About 60% made it. Yeah. See, that's. Yeah, that's, I mean. The people who are going to be fighting the wars today. Let's say they had a draft today. And let's say that, you know. I don't know, 60% of our military were activated and dispersed to wherever uh, to to help out the Middle East, to the Ukraine, to guard against um, China. Let's, let's just say that. Um, these young people, and even really some of their commanders, have no experience with what they're about to go through, really. Um, I don't even know that a lot of the soldiers that we had during uh, desert storm and uh, those conflicts since experienced because there's been, you know, there's been telephones, there's been cell phones, there's been, um, uh, an improvement in the meals. You know, you go from the sea rats to the MREs to whatever they have today. I don't know if they still call them MREs or not, but, uh, you know these soldiers today aren't aren't are accustomed to not having their cell phones on them. You know, I, I think I think some of them even. Uh, well, we well over in uh, Israel, the, uh, the the Hamas had GoPros on them and they were filming everything, filming themselves celebrating and stuff. Mike says hard times mostly in central Luzon, were mainly occupying forces. But most were doing good, a chicken in a pot regularly, some pork once in a while. Central Luzon, where main Japanese occupation was concentrated. See, Mike, I I only have a passing um, knowledge of that. I mean, it was discussed in history, but not like uh, what was happening in in Europe. Uh, Not to the detail that was happening in Europe. And I, I'm not like I said. I'm not sure where my uncle uh, was actually stationed when he was there. So um, I'd have to dig that out. I, well, I don't even know that I, I don't have it. So the the he was he lived in Cleveland, Ohio when he passed away, and had lived there for 40 years or more at that point. And the photo albums were there. And I know that after he passed, there was a kitchen fire and there was water damage from the fire department in the basement because they had a a basement with a uh, big furnace in the, in the belly of it. And I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know if those albums would have been in that. I just don't know what happened to those albums, but uh, I remember seeing some of the, images some photos that he had of um, some of the native peoples that were there and uh, some of them were good i mean some of them look you know they look like they were healthy young people some of them look really bad like they were you know emaciated and stuff but um so i've gone on almost an hour and 15 minutes i'm going to i'm going to um stop there even though i'm not I didn't quite get to everything that I wanted to talk to you about with, um, the food rationing, you know, what I'm, wh- where my mind is on that is that this is just a period of preparation. Um, not that we're getting, we're immediately getting ready for it. It's not like, um, next week it's going to happen. In what I was trying to read to you before, and like, I don't know if that, um, if that video was playing in your ear when I, scroll uh, scrolled past it, but, I'll, I'll have to cut and paste the, the language to to talk about it anymore. Um, what we saw happening was the U.S. government, about six months before we get hit at Pearl Harbor, uh, about six months before that, they start gearing up this uh, Office of Price Administration. Now, what they would call it today, I don't know would it be under uh, emergency services? I don't know. Emergency management? I don't know. But it was several months before we really, really got involved in that war um, that they started looking at, hey, we got to have a plan for this. Uh, And I think, I know there are folks who are saying um, that you know, why we we should, we don't need to be worried about what's going on over in the Middle East. We don't need to be worried about what's going on in Ukraine. We don't need to worry about what's going on in Chicago. We need to worry about what's going on in our own immediate community. And I agree with that probably 85%. The 15% where I don't is times like this, where um, the things going on in these other nations and these other cities have an indirect effect on our ability to feed, clothe, and shelter our families and take care of our families. The coronavirus showed us that a lot of our medications, or it may have reminded us, but it showed me—I didn't realize uh, how much of our medications weren't made on this side of the ocean. Um, it showed me where a lot of a lot of our goods. Uh, came from and how little our government had a clue. Um, Transportation secretary let those those ships stack and let food rot on ships. And then it kind of went away. <laughs> we never did hear, you know, just how many uh, crates and things of, of rotten food was dumped into the ocean or opened and, and destroyed. You know, we never did hear that. We heard stories of um, farmers being told to, to because they couldn't ship the milk, you know, pour the milk out into the fields into the ditches. And this was a this was something that um, this was a virus, you know, this was an illness that um, was causing all this. I honestly think it was a <sighs> Do I dare say weapon? But um, I think it was an intentional. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it was an accident. But anyway, our wheat coming from a lot of our wheat coming from uh, Europe, around where Ukraine is, the damage that's being done over there. Our fuel, because the current administration has taken us uh, out of. Um, our own oil drilling shut those, those uh, pipelines down and has prevented us and has just about depleted. I've not yet heard that we have restocked the, um, um, oh, see, when I do this, I I, I had, I, I have vapor lock of the brain, <laughs> our strategic petroleum, um, our our strategic petroleum reserves were depleted. And I haven't heard that we put that back. We we're asking Venezuela to send us oil now. Venezuela. Why aren't we? Why aren't we providing? I mean, okay, you want to get some oil from other countries just to help them out? Okay, fine. But why should we be why are we less than 60% on our own oil? Uh and Letty said I had no. Uh, I had no idea how big and spread out things are there. I think she's talking about uh, the Philippines. She is. She is. Because I missed some of the conversation here. Old timers and death. hard times. Uh, in, mostly in central Luzon. I read that. Uh, my ancestors, grandparents and children grew up in northern luzon grandma left her family on the farm before the war and moved up the mountain by the end of the war she had kicked ass and became wealthy good for her hey i know who to visit when i go to the philippines (laughs) letty says my cousin moved to mindanao davo i think that's the area he married a Filipino lady last summer and they were in California for a while, but moved back this summer so she could be with her children again. Mike says Davo. Is it Davo or Daveo is in the southeastern part of Mindanao. So they're having a sweet little conversation about that. I, I thought, Letty, I thought your comment was about how big and spread out things are were as far as our imports. And Mike says the country is small overall, but the regions and provinces are pretty big compared to your average states and counties. Yeah, states and counties. Mm. States are almost many countries here. Kind of like the old USSR. USSR. (laughs) it's honestly leaning that way more every every day but uh, i'm going to start wrapping this guys i i really did want to get into a little more about um preparing or just keeping a watchful eye because there are things gearing up that are going to have a direct effect on us one way or another it's it's kind of not like the mask situation where you could just stay home and get stuff delivered if this thing turns worse uh, you won't be able to get things delivered so it doesn't matter if you have a mask on or not they're not going to be available and hoarding I was looking up hoarding uh, trying to find a little more formal uh, definition as far as the government was concerned because I, I couldn't get back to it but I have seen an image, one of those propaganda posters about hoarding. And I know there is a, a, a Looney Tunes, uh, Bugs Bunny clip out there somewhere. Mary Melodies is maybe what it's called. Of, um, of old Mother Hubbard goes to her it's 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 a propaganda piece for the beginning of some video some or some movie somewhere uh, where old mother Hubbard goes to her cupboard to get a poor dog a bone and she opens half the cupboard and there this says and she went to the cupboard and it was bare but then the little dog opens the other half and she's got food on the other half and he points at her and he hollers hoarder 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 so what was being encouraged it was being encouraged to report people who were hoarding food now, I want to know what the actual definition of hoarding is for food. Is it having more than the government wants you to have? Or is it buying more than the government wants you to buy? Because by many definitions, I probably already have more than the government wants me to have. Because I I put my own food up. You know, I can, I freeze, I dehydrate, you know, I have my own things how much does the government thinks fair for me to have in that other clip we had, uh, it was talking about, uh, hoarding or stocking up. Hey, it's going to be potato, potato, Mike, but the government's going to decide what the potato is, is what I'm, I'm believing what I think is going to happen. And, um, so, We're going to have to, I, I don't, you know, there's folks out there that have these totes buried or hidden in case they have to bug out. I'm thinking buried or hidden to keep the government from finding it. Oh, I lost, <laughs> I lost all my canned tomatoes in a boating accident. That's what it's going to end up being. Oh, I laughed because it, I want to cry no um yeah hoarding it's going to be called hoarding and it's going to be called hoarding by people who don't like you uh letty says it's definitely more of an issue in suburban urban areas here in a rural part of the country it's normal to stock up like that yeah but letty here's here's where i'm going it's not going to be people like you and I who think who who have our mindset. It's going to be the people who who don't. It's going to be the people. It's going to be the people who who didn't. It's going to be the grasshopper versus the ant. You know that story about the you know the grasshopper just laid back and uh, all summer and just played his fiddle and and laughed and danced and sang. And the ant was busy stalking up and building and putting back. And then when the winter came, the ant was beating on the door wanting the the grasshopper was beating on the door. The ant wanting to come in and want some food and I was like, wow, well, you had the same amount of time as I did um, Mike says, how about when they come to your house and start reallocation oh, jeez Louise Letty says, father-in-law accuses of supporting because we have a good store of food you're the reason we can't get what we want at the store Right, Letty says right because I've been slowly buying over the months instead of all at once. Yeah, grasshopper and ant. I it's it's a good story. It is a good story. It's a good um, uh, it's a good parable. So yeah, um, those of us who are responsible always end up bailing out uh, those who are not, and and we see that with um with our current welfare system and we see that with people who are flooding across the borders and going to whether it's the sanctuary cities or whatever cities they end up in and being handed um uh, a phone clothes food i mean i don't want people to starve either but this is not the way to do this this is not the way they do this to do this and Mike says, and they won't be the government. It'll be your own town folk who didn't prepare. Exactly, Mike. Exactly. It's going to be the ones that live over here or the ones that live over here who, and I don't mean literally, <laughs> my neighbors are, are, are fine. I don't have a problem with my neighbors, uh, who have watched you carry in more than you tossed out in the trash, who see, you know, see you, uh, building, a. uh, a storage facility to put things that don't have to be kept inside, uh, who from the farmer's market or your garden. I mean, it's going to be just like uh, people who people who know it's one of those reasons why you 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 want to be hesitant about sharing what you have with other people as far as the knowledge of what you have with other people because when people get hungry, they do stuff they wouldn't normally do, hungry. People who are hungry will sell out family members. You know, that study says in terms of storing and what we focus on more than just to our family. Here's, here's the concern um, is that they're getting on that and it won't be enough. They're counting on you bailing them out. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just, you know, this is, they're counting on you. I've had family look me in the eye and say, we're coming to you. We're coming to you. You'll feed us. We know you will. At the same time, those family members are frittering their money away uh, on, uh, on lottery tickets and, you know, going out and partying and going out to the movies and going out to eat and going out and having fun and going out the grasshopper, the grasshopper. Mike says we have that issue right in our own families, yeah? We all do. All families. People are the same everywhere. People are the same everywhere. Heck, I live across the street from the grocery store. I know if things go south, people will start trying to loot the houses nearby, thinking that we have plenty because we're so close. In-laws have said that they're coming to us if things get crazy. Why would they want to come here Come to town, we should be going to them in the middle of nowhere. How much is too much as far as taking care of your own? Yep, priorities. But we have the backups and everything here that they don't. And that that's, but see, that's what they're counting on. And I i have no problem helping people who are trying to take care of themselves. And maybe they can't, you know, maybe it gets away from them. There's people who don't make that much money, cash money, have high rent, you know, a, a gas guzzler because that's all they could buy with $600 cash, you know, to drive to work and are struggling and are trying. It's the ones who are expecting to come here that don't try that I have the issue with. Um, I mean, we have we have. And like I said, people are the same everywhere. We have people who, you know, I'm not going to bother saving because I'm going to come and take what you've got. I mean, it's a it's a mindset. Uh, we have the backups and everything here that they don't. When it comes to children, there is no such thing as too much. Um, but let. If you're dealing with people like Israel's dealing with, think about that. Not to get people spooked or worried, or spying on their neighbors or anything, but we, we, the people who are attacking Israel have branches and sympathizers all over the country, in every community. And if one of them is living across the street from me, they would have no issue with just taking out the kids and then taking what they want from the, from the, from the house. Letty says, I can pack up my pantry quickly and load it into the truck. I'll leave a here you go bag on the front steps. You'll get here and I'll be long gone. Uh Mike says the problem over here is that extended family stretch out 27 degrees. <laughs> How do I know you? <laughs> yeah, I mean if I if I tried to do if I did a DNA test on anybody that came to the door that was a native of West Virginia, I'd probably be related to most of them, Mike. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know how, there's no, I couldn't pack my, I couldn't pack my pantry. I couldn't pack my pantry in a week. (laughs) I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Too many glass jars. Too many boxes. Well, these times we'll have to have a conversation, Letty, about portable pantry prepared. Hey, there hey, there you go, Letty. Portable pantry preparedness. Or prepared portable pantry. Anyway, the three P's. Price, price, and price. There, you your class. Work it up, there. Work it up, Letty. Work that up. Prepare your portable pantry when times get tough. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Yes, yeah, that. Like, um, is it uh, Priceline that Alex Trebek used? to? No, was that it? Some kind of insurance. He used. To, <laughs> he used the hawk. It was three P's. Prepared portable pantry. So there you go and it's it there you go sweetie just for the cost of admission it's all yours <laughs> oh look guys i've been here uh an hour and a half and i have today's an ir day for dad fridays are always on but it's been a blast i have a lot had a lot of fun this morning with you guys and um uh, I'm gonna try to. I always say I'm going to work up. I'm going to do. I'm gonna video. I'm gonna. And it just hasn't. It just is all falling into crap. Crapper. But if you guys are um, part of the Telegram group, you kind of have an idea of what's going on in the background that I don't go into. that I still. Why? Oh my gosh. Today's a day. Today's a day. But uh, I'm going to go. I know there's about a 20-second delay or so. Maybe even a 30-second delay. I I, I I waffle between 20 and 30. And I really appreciate you guys being on with me today. And I, and I hope you had a little bit of fun. Letty, I hope you got your dishes done. At least got able to sit down and, and chat for a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, tonight for, for Mike. Tonight's been a hoot for Mike. But t- this morning's been fun for me. And uh, I will catch you guys on the uh the flip side, as the cool kids say. And we'll plan to do this again on uh, Tuesday morning, I think. I don't think I have anything on Tuesday morning. I don't know anymore. But uh, I might try to squeeze an evening one in sometime. It'd be morning for you, Mike, if... uh, If all goes well, but this is Friday tomorrow set. Oh, I have a guest coming tomorrow. Oh, I got a, Oh gosh. I can't forget that. I got a lot to do, but anyways, I'm going to call it there. And I do appreciate you guys being here with me. And uh, I thank you so much. And we will see you. Oops. Let me, let me do this and let me do that. We will see you again on Tuesday for sure. Thanks. Bye-bye. So there you have it.